Good morning, everybody. It's my, my pleasure to see some of the faces that I haven't seen for a while, so welcome back to church again. So today is the last Sunday of our sermon series, The Faith We Sing. In the past three weeks, we have considered these three hymns, favorite hymns. The first week, we considered, Here I Am Lord. And second Sunday, we heard the story of Jesus loves me. And then last week, amazing grace. And we learned how they were created and who wrote the each hymn and what scripture they were based on and why the hymns resonate with us. And today we will consider the great is thy faithfulness. And I hope this sermon series has inspired you and given you the new insights and also the, meaning, the, the, the new meaning to your favorite hymns. Let us pray. For oh, gracious Lord, I humbly stand here to deliver the message that you have prepared through my mouth. Please guide my lips and tongues and may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. What feeling do you get when you sing this hymn? And how do the words of song resonate with you? According to hymnologist Kenneth Osbach, Billy Graham, one of the greatest preachers in the 20th century, fell in love with this hymn when he heard it for the first time on radio. And soon afterwards, Billy Graham asked George Shea to sing this hymn as a part of his ministry of evangelism. And once it was introduced to those attending the evangelistic meetings that Billy Graham led in Great Britain in 1955, this song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, immediately became popular and became a favorite among the believers. Why did Billy Graham love this song? And why do we and so many other Christians love this song? This is because this song entails a significant message that we all need to hear. That is God's mercy and the faithfulness is unchanging but everlasting. That is actually the main point of today's scripture reading from Lamentation chapter 3. Before we go deeper into the scripture lesson, let me give you a brief historical background of this book, Lamentations. Lamentations was, uh, was written by the prophet Jeremiah. in uh, B.C. 5, 587. 
and limitation. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, I got the wrong date. Limitation was written about BC 586 when the first holy temple that was con constructed by King Solomon was destroyed by the Babylonian. Limitation is the book that Prophet uh, Jeremiah wrote about what we saw and what we heard in the event of destruction of the Holy Temple. The nation had just died, the Babylonian came and they took over the city of Jerusalem and temple were burned with fire. And thousands of thousands of people died in the streets of Jerusalem. The people were starving. Many people of Israel were enslaved by the Babylonians. The situation got so bad, the prophet Jeremiah writes in his book, chapter 2 and verse 20, the parents were reduced to cannibals. He says, Look, Lord, and consider, whom have you ever treated like this? Should even a women eat their offspring, the children they have cared for? They were actually eating some of their own child children for survivor. How bad it was. Jeremiah, like a war correspondent, recorded what he saw and what he heard and what he witnessed during those terrible times. And then he was romanting over it. That's why we call this book as Lamentations. If you are familiar with this book, Lamentations, when you uh, read this, this particular chapter, chapter 3 and verse 21 and 31 and afterwards, you find that it is an odd part compared to whole the message of Lamentations. Because the book of Lamentations talks how the Israelites have become slaves to other nations and how their glory was gone and how they have been rejected from their God. But then suddenly we come to these verses which are like an Iceland of hope in the ocean of despair. Beginning verse 21, the prophet Jeremiah writes, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yes, the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, is written based on this part. From the beginning of the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah lamented over what he saw and what he heard and what he witnesses after the temple destruction. He even thought that his nation was suffering because God was angry at the people of Israel. 
in chapter one and two, he, he, he deplored what had happened to his nation and listed them verse by verse. And suddenly, he was reminded of God's mercy and love that God had been to his people. And he had an aha moment in chapter 3 at verse 1. And let me paraphrase what he says in that verse. Right. Although our nation was gone, although our temple was destroyed and our people are dying, it's not the end. It's not the end. We, yes, maybe we may be down, but we are not out. We are not going to be completely destroyed or completely wiped out because God is mercy. God has been so merciful to us, and his steadfast love never fades us, but he renewed every day. The testimony of Jeremiah, it is our story. And it is the same with us. Although we face hardship, suffering, storms in our lives, we ought to stay down or we ought to remain miserable or hopeless because God's mercy and God's love are never consumed. Throughout the gospel, our Lord Jesus promises that he will be with us all the time. He will go through the storm with us. He will lift us up when we are down. And he will raise us up when we go through hardship, even when we do not think we can. He will give us power and strength to face hardship and storms in our lives so that we do not lose our hope but continue to live in hope that our Lord gives us. This is what the whole scripture teaches us about. But friends, think about it. Let's think about it. How many times we fail to see God's grace and mercy when we face hardship and suffering and storms in our lives. And how many times we focus on the great grief that we are experiencing rather than focusing on the great God in the midst of our despair. In verse 24 and 26, Jeremiah says, I think the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the persons who seek him. It is good to wait in silence for, for the Lord's deliverance. Jeremiah realized that God is always faithful and merciful 
as he has been to his people. So what he needs to do is just to wait. Wait patiently until the Lord delivers them from the despair. The song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, was written based on Jeremiah's hopeful message. As we sing this hymn like Jeremiah, we are reminded of God's great faithfulness, which is never changing nor fading. As we sing this hymn, we are assured that God's mercy and love upon us is everlasting in the witness of God's creation and the season changing. And you might wonder who wrote this hymn. The hymn, this hymn was written by a native of Kentucky, a guy named Thomas Obeda Chisholm. Unlike other hymns that we have considered so far, this hymn does not have any dramatic story behind this hymn. But this song simply represents the life of the writer. Thomas was born in a poor family in 1866. He had health issues ever since he was little. He lacked formal education, but he always loved writing. With his gift of writing, he was able to begin his career as a teacher in the same country school where he had received his elementary training. Later, he worked as associate editor of his hometown weekly newspaper. At the age of 26, he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior during a revival meeting conducted in Franklin by Dr. H.C. Morrison. And he wanted to be a pastor. In 1903, his dream came true and he became an ordained pastor to Methodist ministry. But unfortunately, he could only remain in his ministry one year due to his very poor health condition. After one year of pastoral ministry, he had to quit because he was not able to keep up the pace and responsibility as a pastor. After 1909, he became a life insurance agent in Winona Lake and later in I'm sorry, Vineland and in New Jersey. Thomas retired in 1953 and spent his remaining years at the Methodist Home for the Aged in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Thomas wrote more than 1,200 poems in his entire life. A number of his poems have been prominent hymn text. One of them is, Great is Thy Faithfulness. In 1923, Thomas sent several of his poems to the Reverend William, William Runyon, a musician associated with the Moody Bible Institute. 
And Ronian wrote a tune that might carry over its message. And then the music was published as Great is Thy Faithfulness in his private songbook. And since then, the hymn was a hit among the believers, and it, the hymn became one of the favorite hymns for all Christians over the world. The hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, was a testimony of Thomas himself. He was born in a poor family, and he didn't have a good education background. Due to his poor health, he had suffered physically and also financially. Nevertheless, he never doubted God's mercy and God's faithfulness, and he never rejected God because he believes in God's faithfulness. And he wrote so many poems to draw people to Christ and for the kingdom of God. In a letter dated 1941, Thomas wrote, quote, My income has not been large at any time due to impaired health in the earlier years, which has followed me on until now. Although I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant keeping God and that he has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care, for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, I hope that Thomas' testimony through the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, become your own story and become your own testimony. How is your soul in this season? And where are you now? What are you experiencing? Do, we feel, do you feel like there's no hope around you? Or do you see someone who is in despair? Let's take a moment. Let's take a pause. And then let's look up the sky and they feel the God's creation and feel God's greatness over the, his creation. Although we feel like there's no brighter tomorrow, it will come. It will come because our Lord will make that happen. This morning I spoke some yeah, small talk with June and John about the weather. Even though we still have very cold weather, but we know that spring comes soon, right? And then there's always peace comes right after tornado. That is what God does in our lives. That's how our life works. And that's how God carries us with his great Yes. Jeremiah admits in the book of Lamentations that God's love, God's great love, never runs out. And God's compassions never fail us. 
although we may sin, God is rich in mercy and continuously forgives his people of their many transgressions. With each new morning that passes by, God brings new mercies and providing everything we need when we need them. And God grants us peace and His presence provides guidance. And that we can find true joy in Him. And God provides us strength to get us through any storms in our lives. So brothers and sisters, believe that God's faithfulness will bring us the brighter tomorrow. And God's faithfulness always in us and always gives us hope so that we never live in despair, but we continue live in God's hope. So let us pray. Precious Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for your mercy that is renewed every single day. Even though we don't see your grace, but your grace is always with us and touched our hearts and gives us new hope. Lord, like Jeremiah, who suddenly realized your mercy and love, continue to reach out to us so that we can feel your mercy and love every single day. Thank you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.